0: Hello everybody, welcome once again as we continue on in the study that we're doing of the New Testament. We're working through it pretty much a chapter at a time, although every once in a while we've done two chapters and then situation like today I'm actually going to slow down and uh, take the next couple of times together working through the uh, uh, half, back, back half of 2 Corinthians chapter 5 because located in These verses, verses 11 through 21, um, is sort of the mission for our church where we get our mission statement of one more. I hope most of you knew what our mission was because uh, we spent a lot of time talking about that. If anybody ever asks you, what's the mission of your church, you should have it memorized. One more. One more. One more lost child back to dad is what this is all about and what we're looking to get. One more to Christ, just one more more and uh in uh, in actuality when we get to second corinthians 521 at the end of our our service that's where that whole thing that started coming from this 521 that i'd started to do was from second corinthians 521 and then you know we've added to it be thankful for five things encourage two people so we can get one lost child back to dad but the actual verse second corinthians 521 god made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of god that just uh, is a uh, Picture of what Jesus has done for us, that we can have life uh, with God uh, forever, and what it looks like now, and and what that righteous life looks like, is uh, not a, uh, a separated life from interacting with the world around us, but a, a life that is uh, uh, willing to move into the world around us to tell them about the love of Christ, and that. Um, these are the concepts that we're talking about and working through together uh, in so many different ways and so many of the things that we do. So I wanted to dig in to um, these verses over the next probably two or three weeks, and uh, I want to talk about them as they relate to our mission. So uh, we left Second Corinthians at the end of 5.10, if you remember that uh, it said that it talked about the judgment seat and that we'll all uh, be be before the judgment seat. All believers will be there at some point in time. But I said to you, you know, I think it's different than a lot of people have this picture of, that um, I've talked to people who have this thought that when they're standing before Christ, that this videotape is played of all the bad stuff they've done in their life. And my thinking of that is this, that... um, because all that's been forgiven at the cross, because of what Jesus done, I don't believe that's what happens there for believers. For believers, I think, what, what we're dealing with at that point in time, um, because our mess has been covered under the blood in the cross, and that's all that's seen. What happens there is that um, there 's kind of a review on what we 've done with our life since we 've come to know Christ as far as what did we do with the gifts and the talents and all those things now it 's not a, um, a works thing it 's not a, 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 something about our salvation it 's just um, what we sort of are going to go and present to the Lord when we get there um, because of all that he 's done for us it's, and, and uh, you know any anything that were to come back towards us we would just give back to him anyway so so that 's the idea it 's not a performance thing it 's not a it 's just a uh, Lord, this, you, know, you gave me life, and in the process of my life, you know, I, I tried to give this, this back to you. And, and so that's where we end up with our mission. So it's, make sure you don't hear it's a works thing, because it's not. Salvation is, is grace and faith, okay? You don't earn it. But having received it because of what Jesus has done on the cross, what do you do with it? And, and that's, that's a pretty significant thing. And it has a lot to do with what Paul's writing about in 2 Corinthians 5, about being transparent and about what this life is really all about. And so um, uh, we, we take from these verses our mission, and uh, let me read them to you, 2 Corinthians five eleven through 21. Since then, we know what it is to fear the Lord, we try to persuade men. What we are is plain to God, and I hope it is also plain to your conscience. We're not trying to commend ourselves to you again, but are giving you an opportunity to take pride in us so that you can answer those who take pride in what is seen rather than what is in the heart. If we are out of our mind, it is for the sake of God. If we're in our right mind, it's for you. For Christ's love compels us because we're convinced that one died for all and therefore all died and he died for all that those who live should no longer live for themselves but for him who died for them and was raised again so from now on we regard no one from a worldly point of view though we once regarded christ in this way we do so no longer therefore if anyone is in christ he's a new creation the old is gone the new has come all this is from god who reconciled us to himself through christ The righteousness of God. Blessed be the word of the Lord. So today I'm just gonna I really want to talk about the first couple of verses, eleven and twelve in chapter five, which say this again, just as a reminder. Since then we know what it is to fear the Lord, we try to persuade men. What we are is plain to God, and I hope it is also plain to your conscience. We are not trying to commend ourselves to you again, but are giving you an opportunity to take pride in us so that you can answer those who take pride in what is seen rather than what is in the heart. Okay, so some ideas in those couple of verses that I want to just kind of talk through with you today. And, and all this is how it relates to our mission. First, pretty big um, thing that it says there in 2 Corinthians 5.11. Um, we know what it is to fear the Lord. We know what it is to fear the Lord. What does that mean? What does it mean to fear the Lord? The word that's used... Um, for this idea in the Greek has the possible meaning of terror, but that's not what Paul is talking about. Um, uh, in the Old Testament, the word that would have been used had more to do with um, a reverence than abject terror, so, so our definition of fear isn't very good. But I, I think biblically, we can get sort of a feel for what, what was, uh, I, the idea behind that was. Because the, the best uh, way to interpret the Bible is in the Bible. And uh, this concept is presented in Proverbs. This idea of fearing the Lord is presented this way. In Proverbs 8.13, it says this, To fear the Lord is to hate evil. Nice biblical definition. To fear the Lord is to hate evil. And, and this is what Paul's getting at in, in this concept um, uh, we're, we're to hate evil, uh, to, to fear, to honor, to respect the Lord means that we, we hate evil. And so I think this fits in well with our idea of living by trying to do the next right thing. And, and, uh, uh, and it also, to me, brings up the idea that the best way to deal with the darkness of evil is by introducing light into it. Light overcomes darkness and we're to let the world know that the true light has entered the world in Christ. That's part of this whole mission. See, the, the way that we deal with, with the darkness in the world is by introducing light. It works much better than any other format. Um, you just, you wanna introduce Jesus into there. So often we wanna regulate it and do all sorts of other things, but the best thing to do is just get people to Christ and, and that just begins to make a huge difference in whatever the situation is. So that's what it means to fear the Lord in case you, it ever pops up. It doesn't mean you need to run and hide because that's not the the idea. But it does mean you're to respect him because he is the, you know, one who went and everything came into being. So that's pretty awesome. <laughs> he just went B and it all was. I mean, you know, those are pretty amazing deals to... Uh, to kind of think about so obviously we're you know uh, uh, we're never to take our relationship with God for granted the creator of the universe there's to be a measure of respect but we're not to be so afraid of him that we feel like we need to tiptoe around him he's always out to get us he loves us and so this is the context to fear the Lord is to hate evil and one of the best ways we can do that is by doing our best to stay away from it we're sinners we'll mess up but you get the idea so that's part of that there all right we're also in this thing um, called to try and persuade second corinthians 5 the second half we try to persuade men uh, what we are is plain to god and i hope it is also plain to your conscience we're trying to persuade people to turn from the darkness to the light and The message that we have to accomplish this with, our message is always known as the good news or the gospel that was preached by Paul. There's a great sign over at the Methodist Church. Is it the Methodist Church? No, it's on the Baptist Church. No, it's on one of those church signs down on Key Deer. And it says this. It's an old saying. They didn't just come up with it. It says, um, it's the Methodist Church. Um, Always be prepared to um, preach the gospel. And then it says, use words when necessary. Something like that. And... um, the, the, the idea, again, is that a lot of what we do is just in how we're living this thing out. Not fake, not pretend, not all those other things, not acting like we're something that we're not, but just in the honest living out of this life that we're trying to do, trying to do the next right thing, failing, running back to God, getting forgiveness and empowered to make progress and always desiring to do better at it because of the love that we have for him so so we live that out but we also need to know what the what the heart of the gospel is and um, we study this in first corinthians 15 but I, it's always good to bring it back up the the heart of the gospel message is contained in first corinthians 15 1 through 8 and this is what it says uh, now brothers i want to remind you of the gospel i preached to you which you received and on which you have taken your stand by this gospel you are saved if you hold firmly to the word I preach to you, otherwise you believed in vain. For what I received I passed on to you as a first importance, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures, that he appeared to Peter and then to the 12, and after that he appeared to more than 500 of the brothers at the same time, most of whom are still living, though some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles, and last of all he appeared to me also as to one abnormally born. The heart of the gospel message found in verses three and four, Christ died for our sins, he was buried, and he was raised. On the third day. That's the heart of the gospel message. That's it. Seems so simple. It's three lines. That's the deal. That's what makes the difference um, in in the world around us. It's the heart of the gospel message. Jesus, perfect, sinless Jesus, went to the cross willingly because that was his mission. And there, by sacrificing his perfect life, by, by giving his perfect life at the cross, Um, and and dying on the cross that, that covered our sin. All of the mess that we've ever done and ever will do got taken care of by that amazing, priceless act of obedience of Jesus, fully God and fully man, going to the cross on our behalf and taking it all on. And he died there. And he was buried. And then he was raised again on the third day. Because see that resurrection power is at work with us. We just we just started talking about it. That's around. That's happening. That's the good news. That's what that's what people have to, at some level, uh, receive into their hearts by faith. That that's what God did for them in order to restore relationship with them. There was no way we could do it on our own. We can't get there by good works. There is no other way. Made possible to man, God did it. He came to us. Jesus lived a perfect sinless life. At the time of his choosing, went to the cross died there, then defeated death and rose again. This is not some story uh, that's not uh, backed up. It was, there was hundreds of living witnesses to the resurrection of Christ. So it wasn't just a story. The disciples didn't go in and steal the body. Um, it wasn't that Jesus just fainted and came back. It wasn't that it didn't happen at all. There were hundreds of witnesses to what took place and, and Paul at the writing of this where it could have been disputed said then many of them are still alive now. You can go and ask people who saw what took place so that you can know for yourself that this is what happened because this is significant. This is the core of everything. That's the message. Now, the thing that we have to do in, in this culture that we live in is we have to take this message which has never changed and make it relevant in a very diff- difficult culture to make it relevant to, uh, a culture that doesn't believe um, in in hardly anything, um, certainly has. Um uh, wants to just kind of take the entire Bible as it is as a big story, take what they want out of it, dis- dismiss the rest, look for any reason not to believe in it, and, uh, you know, just to write Jesus off as somebody who appeared in history but was really no different than any other prophet or anything else. What we have to do is live this thing out in such a way that we present this message which has not changed in a way that the people of our culture and our day and our age can receive it, hear it, and have their lives changed by it. That's our mission. That's what we're here for. I mean, ultimately, that's why we're here. The reason, the reason we don't get zapped out of here when we figure it out is because we have a mission. We have things that we're supposed to do, and this is part of it. We're to tell other people. That's the way he set it up. You've heard me say this. I often think that it seems to me there would be a better way to make this work. He always seemed to choose a bunch of, uh, I don't mean to call you this, but a bunch of difficult people (laughs) like me and entrust us with the whole deal because you you would think, wouldn't wouldn't the angels be better at this? But apparently not. Mostly because people are so freaked out when they see angels, they're on the ground, right? Every instance in the scripture that I can see an angel shows up, they have to go, don't be afraid. Why? Because the people are petrified. Boom, down there on the ground. So it's hard, to, it's hard to talk to them at that measure, I'm sure. Get up, I got something to say. Uh uh-uh. uh. <laughs> no. So it's on us. And, and when you think about it, too, see, this is, this is the, the, the thing about the church. When, when you, uh, and I like to think about this the, the difference between the church now. And the church has already gone on ahead of us over the last couple thousand years. See, we're doing the same stuff. They've they've gone on ahead of us and they're worshiping God and they're fellowshipping and they're doing all the neat stuff and I think they they meet they have meals together and they worship God and they're they're doing stuff. But the one thing that they can't do that we can do, because we get taste of all those things, is they can't tell anybody else about Jesus. They're done. We still aren't. And that's why it's so important. We're the church. Now, we get to do all the things that the church ahead of us is doing in part, but this is what we do. We have a mission still here, and our mission is to let people know about Jesus, that he's the way, that there's life. And, and Paul calls it the ministry of persuasion. And, and it's, like I said, it's more than just the words of the message. It's a lifestyle. And so we have to live this thing out in front of people. That's what makes it culturally relevant. And, and the, the thing is, wherever you find people, you have the opportunity for ministry, a, a radical intervention in life expressed in relationship. See, see that's the deal. We, we sometimes try and make this very difficult. But really, what it needs to be is we need to make sure we're loving people well enough that we get opportunities to live this life before them and when the opportunity arises to tell them why. We don't have to force it. We don't have to push it. We just have to live it. And then the question's asked. And those are the most, those are the best ones to answer. And and it oftentimes it takes a while. You know, people ask me things sometimes. Oh, I don't want to talk about it anymore. Okay. And, and I usually go, I don't usually say anything. I think you brought it up, but that's fine. <laughs> um, but I'm glad that they did, see? So that's little by little. We start speaking into those things. And and in in the... In our relationships, by loving them well, we always wanna point people to Jesus. That's the, the deal. So, whether they're, um, uh, whatever the circumstance, we, we wanna live life in such a way that Jesus is always at the center of our interaction with others. That's what we wanna make sure we're working on in the process. To do that, we have to remember that it's not all about us. 2 Corinthians 5.12, we are not trying to commend ourselves to you again. Um, To live this thing out in a culturally relevant way, we'll have to be constantly aware of the fact that the world does not revolve around us. And and we have to keep looking at that, that our perspective, as we talked about over and over again during the weeks, has to come from the throne room of God, not from our narrow perspective that we usually see things in. Philippians 2, 3, and 4 says this, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others better than yourselves. Each of you should look not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. So what we need to be careful of, because it's very easy to happen, is that the church... Um, often gets in, in a sort of circle the wagons mentality um, uh, because that feels like the safest way to interact and survive in a fallen world on a broken planet. See, it just seems, just seems to make sense. Okay, I'm in now. I get it figured out. I want to be with the other people who figured it out and let's just kind of hang out because it's scary out there. It's tough out there. It's hard out there sometimes. And so wouldn't it, we just circle the wagons and we'll just be in here and, and we're going to be okay but that's not what we're called to. See, that the, the, as soon as the church does that, and it happens all the time, it loses its impact in the world because they're, they're hiding out and they're not interacting the way that we have to. We're, we're, we're called, and this is a big deal, to hang out with the culture, not to run from it. It doesn't mean it has to take us away from the truth. It just means that we need to be able to hang out with this culture around us because that's what we're called to do. Look at the life of Jesus. That's what Jesus did. Remember, the religious people of Jesus' day got after him because he was hanging out with people that weren't inside the wagons. And so they, they, they said, well, you're not. Who do you think you are? And he's like, well, they're the people that need to hear about the love of God. They're the ones that need the message. They're the, they're, that's who we're called to. And so he would go. And he would hang out with people that the established religion of the day wouldn't have anything to do with. He didn't join in their sin, but he hung out with them and loved them in a non-judgmental way that drew people to him. See, that's, that's what he could do. He loved people so well that they would actually look at him and go, Hey, um, I like that. What, what do I need to do? And he'd just love on them and say, Stop doing what you're doing. Come follow me. And a lot of them did and some did Some, oh, no, I can't do that. But others, okay, I'm in. That's what I want. And that's what will happen in, in the context of the world. Some people will respond and some will. not But we're to give them all, every opportunity that we can, just like Jesus did. And, and so the thing was, he, he was able to do that, and this is so important, because he looked at people and he saw the beauty of their potential. See, God sees what's in the heart of people. 2 Corinthians 5, 12, the end there, so that you can answer those who take pride in what is seen rather than what is in the heart. See, that's what God's looking at, what's there. 1 Samuel sixteen seven. the Lord said to Samuel, do not consider his appearance or his height, for I reject him. The Lord does not look at things man looks at. Man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. So what we have to do is we have to look at people and, and see the beauty of their potential. What can they become in the Lord? Instead of just labeling them for where they're at. And I, I, I always say this. I'm so grateful that the Lord saw my potential instead of just the mess that I was, and am in some ways, but particularly before I came to know him. I was such a mess. I, and, and, and yet the Lord saw past it. See, and, and so we need to be able to see past it. The Lord put people in my path who looked past the the multitude layers of sin on the surface and loved me well enough that I wanted to hear why. And that's what what it's all about. That's part of our mission. And that's what we're called to. So so what we come through is, is this, you know, is your heart for one more? When we read these things, is that where your heart is? Is that, if not, you need to ask God to help you develop that heart for what we're doing this is our mission this is the this is the thing that we have left all the church before us is is doing the thing similar but they can't do what we have the privilege of doing which is to share the good news the gospel of jesus the hope for future for everyone and and that's what this is all about so that's our mission and we'll be uh, breaking into that some more over the next couple of weeks we'll dig into the rest of these verses in second corinthians 5 but that's enough for tonight And if you're watching by video, thank you so much for watching or on television. We are so thankful for uh, spending your valuable time with us and we know uh, that your, your time is valuable so we appreciate these moments that you've given us. If you need anything, call us, write us, email us, go to our website and we'll do whatever we can to help you with that. But thank you for being a part today.